week was great. Um, God is good and he's always good. What's something that you uh, personally learned this week? One thing I learned this week is um, life is all about, you know, when it's all about a fight. You know, you gotta fight the good fight of faith. That's what Paul always said. Uh, I love Matthew 4 and 4, Luke 4 and 4. Man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In the book of Genesis, God told us how to, you know, He showed us how to create the world that we want to live in. And, you know, and that's good, you know, because, you know, you're going to fight. And in a fight, you know, like I said, they might get a couple blows, but you still win. You know what I mean? And so, this, all these last few months, you know, I've been taking a couple blows, yeah. but I still, I still win in the end, right? Yeah. As long as you don't let them TKO you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a righteous man falls seven times and he gets back up. Yeah. Most people lose hope, but right before your breakthrough comes, you know, you got to have opposition. Yeah. And it's only, you know, when, even if he sting you in the ribs, you know, I got took a, I took a blow in the ribs, right? But the only thing I step back, right? That step back is a, is a comeback or yeah. something greater. To give God to do something greater in your life, and I say, you know, if we can encourage people today, that's what it is. You know, it's only a setup for something greater. You know, don't lose hope. You know, just keep on speaking the word. Be consistent. You know, don't change your temperature gauge. If the thermostat, keep the thermostat. If you declare something, keep on declaring it till you see it manifest in your life. You know, but when somebody takes a blow, a lot of times Chris they want to give up. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? It's kind of funny because uh, one of the main things that have been on my heart uh, this uh, week, especially, is living the lifestyle. You okay. know? And uh, I just love in Zechariah 4 6 how it says, Not by might, not by power, but by your Holy Spirit. And one thing that God has been uh, particularly focusing on with me and reminding me is that there's nothing that we can do physically on our own. All right. But when we give power to the Holy Spirit, what we can do is limitless. There's nothing that can stop us from doing it when we finally give absolute surrender to the Holy Spirit. That sounds like one of those scriptures that I can do. I can do all, all things, things through Christ yeah. and strengthens me. Definitely. You know, I was yeah. like, man, that, that's that's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, we hear a lot of Christians quote it. It's easy to quote it when you're not going through something, but can yeah. you quote it when you really in need it? Because <laughs> I say every storm has an eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every storm has an eye. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember growing up when the storm come, a tornado come, they used to have this one, they have a plane or a jet go over the eye of the storm to yeah. lead the storm away. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's when I think about the Holy Spirit, the storm come. The Bible said, though, though the enemy come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Yeah. So even in the midst of your storm, the Holy Spirit is there to raise up a standard. So you can't go back to where you used to be. He's only going to take your stand, raise your standard higher. Yeah. Come on. What do you think about that? I mean, that's, that's true, you know. Because, I mean, in life, you know, I love, like, uh, I was actually, um, on Thursday when we went to the uh, potluck, you know, right. at the Movement Church uh, with Danny and Pastor Raul. Danny was actually speaking, and one of the things that I love about what he was speaking on was the fact that he was talking about how you have to go from glory to glory and faith to faith. Right. You know, and if he was talking about how you can't be a stagnant Christian. Right. You know, it's and it's when you, one of the things that God reminded me in that, you know, I didn't say nothing because he was speaking, but one of the things that God brought to my attention was the fact that you have to uh, 
you have to always be able to go to another level. Right. But in that, you can't be stagnant. I like you see, that. But it's due to your revelation of the relationship that allows you to grow. Right. Because if you become focused on the religion, there's no room for growth. No room. Because the rules are never going to change. All right. But when you live by grace, by grace. and it's a lifestyle, there's always room for another level. It's just like faith. Faith is a lifestyle. It's not a movement. It's not something that we we not naming and claiming. We just declare what the word says. I love what it says in, in the it's Jeremiah one and twelve. He say he look over. He hastened to his word to perform it. You know, so God performed his word. You just saying what God says. Yeah. That's why we started this out with Matthew four and four. Man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of my mouth. I don't care how you work. But by, the Bible tells you how you live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So you can, you, just because you work don't mean you living. You just no. existing. Exactly. You know, most people work for a paycheck. You know what I mean? They work to make a living when Jesus already pur purchased you to, to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? He said, Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Yeah. So he's telling you that you already have life and you can have life more abundantly to the degree, like you said, the degree that you yield to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to have the right of way in your life. Man, he's my best friend. Yeah. Man, the only reason why I didn't made it this far is by understanding my relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, and a lot of people don't want to yield to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit makes you walk in love because that's yeah. one of the fruit. That's one of the fruit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's See, every, everybody always talk about fruit. It's one fruit, and that fruit is love. Yeah. And all the every, everything else in that, Galatians 5.22, is the characteristics of what love is. Yeah. You know, so when you really yield to the Holy Spirit, the only way that your faith works, the only way you live by the Word of God is by living in love. Yeah. Love is the key that unlocks all the promises of God. That's when he said all, um, all his promises are yes and amen. Yeah. You know? And it reminds me of, uh, you know, and I was actually got, I got to look, look at the scripture though, and I want to read it. But it, it just brings me to the part in the Bible where it talks about um, Jesus comes and he says, I didn't come to end the law, I came to fulfill the law. Fulfill it. See, but the thing that blew my mind this week when I was studying that a little bit was the fact that how. It, it talks because for a long time, you know, I knew, oh yeah, you know, he didn't come to end it; he came to fulfill it. But then I had a question mark, like, how did he fulfill it, though? Right. You know. Right. And this week, when I was doing studying, I finally got my answer. All know? right. And I want to read that scripture, but I want to read both of them, where it says he didn't come to end it, but to fulfill it, but also where it says that how he fulfilled it. If I can find the scriptures, I had them written down in my notes. Always remember, all things work together for your good as a believer. Jesus already paid the price. All you got to do is believe. All things are possible to him that believe it. You know, we just got to believe the word over our circumstance. Believe the word. I mean, even if you look at Peter, you know, walking on water. Peter walked on water until he was distracted by the storm. That's when he began to sink. So Satan used your storm to try cause you to sink. But keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. He started this thing, he's gonna finish it. It's a guarantee. So I'm just saying, you gotta, you know, we all can walk on water. But you gotta walk with Jesus. You gotta walk with Jesus and don't let your storm move your course. It said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Your steps are already ordained and ordered. You just gotta walk your path of life. That's why I say this life is a it's a journey of faith. We go from faith to faith and glory to glory. We go from one, one, every day is you should be growing. 
You know, and your faith is a servant to you. It serves you. You just got to send it out to do something. It's in Matthew 5, 17. My new version is popping up. <laughs> Takes a minute sometimes. Man, God is good. We had, we, this is what we do. Well, we need to go outside of the church and really minister to people outside of the church. That's honestly part of living the lifestyle. Sure you know what I mean? mean? It's everywhere you go. And it's crazy because God has really been showing that to me as well. And even um, with friends that um, I hang out with on a regular basis, we go to coffee shops like this and we sit here and we just speak about the, the work of the word of God and how he's powerful and he loves us. And then we create such an atmosphere of his presence right. that people are drawn to that. Like, um, Dante and Philip and Mark and I went out not too long ago and we went to a coffee shop. And during that time, at least like five to 10 people came and asked us to pray with them. You know, asked to for words of encouragement, right. or just even said amen, amen while listening to what we were speaking about, and that just changes your, you know what I mean? That that becomes it allows you to see how realistic this is. How real know? it is. It's not it's not confined to the four walls. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at the life of apostles, they went to the synagogue, but the miracles and signs of one was outside of the synagogue. You look at the life of Jesus, it was outside of the four walls where miracles were happening. It happened in the synagogue, but most of it at the gate of beautifuls, John and Peter say, Seven gold I do not have. And he say, Rise and walk. He got up. Jesus began to do miracles and signs and wonders yeah. outside of the church. We get so confined in our religious mindset that we miss out what God is trying to do. The kingdom of God is within you. So wherever you go, the kingdom of God needs to be released Amen. wherever you go. Yeah. So in Matthew 5, you got that scripture yet, Chris? Yes, I got it. All right. It says, do not think that I've come to do away with, with or undo the law or the prophets. I've come not to do away with or undo but to complete and fulfill them and then you go to Romans 13 10 and this is where the answer to how he fulfilled it comes and I thought this was rich I even had to highlight it you know love does not love does no wrong to one's neighbor it never hurts anybody therefore love meets all the requirements and the fulfilling of the law so in that what was going is he was showing us that hey this is the law with religion there is no love with grace there is love so one law had to be eliminated but he showed you how you have to eliminate it it's by having the holy spirit in you because the only holy spirit is the only thing that allows the spark of love the fire power and fire to be manifest you know you can't do it on your own on your own if somebody does your wrong you naturally want to react in a negative way but see, when you have the Holy Spirit and it's became a lifestyle to you, there's nothing, no wrongdoing that is going to affect you or change your mindset of, hey, I love that person regardless through thick and thin. But it's also part of the relationship because a true relationship, a true connection of love, a true um, expression of love is not something that goes on and off. It's something that is forever going no matter the circumstance. It's a lifestyle, right? Yes, I it's think a it's lifestyle. A, love is a lifestyle. And, and God tells us, Chris, look at that scripture. I think it's in... Um, which I know it's in First John. We talked about it. Three. Yeah. First John three. Yeah, and I say I believe this is one of the greatest things we can like. We're talking about love right now. Chapter three. Yeah. Okay. Three twenty. I think it's three twenty-three. Three twenty-three. This is the amplifier. 
talks about love, don't it? Yeah. You I say, oh yeah. It's, it, and this is one of the New Testament commandments. And I say we need to learn to walk in this. Everything you need is in, in is in this right here. What does it say, Chris? It says, in this is his order, his command, his injunction, that we should believe in, put our faith in, and trust in, and adhere to and rely on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and that we should love one another. That we should love one another. What did it say, Chris? We should do what? We should love one another. It didn't say hurt one another, did it? No. It didn't say disband one another. No. See, what the church needs right now is the spirit of unity. Because we don't love each other. We love each other with condition. Mm -hmm. But if we're all about the heavenly vision, that's unconditional love for each and every believer. We should never have a wounded, a wounded soldier in the church. Yeah. If we was really following the commandment of God, believe in the Son and love one another. Yeah. You can only love people to the degree that you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And your relationship with God is based on the relationship, how you treat your brother and sister. I don't care how they do you wrong, you still gotta love them. Yeah. You gotta cherish them, you gotta, cause everybody, if it was up to me, I'd give everybody in the world a piece of a puzzle. A big piece of a puzzle. The all centerpiece is already there. Jesus is the centerpiece of that puzzle. That's good. He's the centerpiece of that puzzle. So I would give everybody a piece of the puzzle because everybody have a piece that we need to make this, make this place like the Garden of Eden. And that's God's desire. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. To turn this, to, and so when he redeemed us, he redeemed us back, back into the garden of Eden where there was no sin. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Where there was, there was no sin. And everything, all the provision that you needed was in the, was in the garden. Yeah. And they walked with God in the cool of the day. I don't know about you, but I, hey, I love walking with God. Yeah, it's awesome. You know what I mean? And then I love Enoch. That's my best. That's my buddy. I'm gonna be like Enoch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk with God, and then God's just gonna let me go on and go with Him. Yeah. You know, they be looking for me. My kids and wife be looking for me, and everybody went, where are she at? What Doctor Shields at? <laughs> <laughs> what Doctor Shields at? But Man, I mean, he walked with God. You hit on a good point. Walking with God. You know. I shared this with you yesterday, and I just, I don't know why this scripture particularly has just been so on my heart lately, you know, but Acts 2, chapter 2, 28, verse 28, like we read last night, mm -hmm. you know, it's powerful, you know, you have made known to me the ways of life, you will enrapture me, diffusing my soul with joy, and in your presence. Mm. Wow. See, he has made known to you the ways of life. The ways of life. So he's telling you right there that, hey, I have a lifestyle for you. Right. The lifestyle that you used to live is not the lifestyle that I have. Mm -mm. See? And if you would understand that, I will show you what it takes. Right. You know, to have my presence. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then I, I love that Jesus said, I, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the lie. Yes. So, and then if you go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, okay. read it in the Amplified Version, because I love this. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So really, we're supposed to be pointing people to the way, the yeah. truth, and the life. Our life, Romans, 4, Romans 2 and 4 said, said, the goodness of God would draw them to repentance. Yeah. So if we're walking in the way, the truth, and the life, the goodness of God in our life should draw them to repentance. But I think sometimes the way that it, the reason why it's hard for us to walk in that way is maybe we don't know the way. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we don't know the way. But the, I mean, what is the way? You know, love, power, power. No sound mind. You got, 
that's all characteristics of God. Uh, and, and you can go to Galatians 5.22 and you see love is a fruit. Mm -hmm. One is one word with all these characteristics. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really want to check, you know, like, you got to check the engine lights when you're driving a car. You got to check all the oil. You got to check this. If you really want to check and see if you're walking in the spirit or walking with God, make sure, number one, you walk in love. But if you don't see these fruit characteristics, yeah. Operating in your life, then you gotta check yourself. Am I really? Do I really have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Do I really love Him? Is He number one in my life? Because if He is number one, because you got idols in your life that you need to. It might be your denomination, it might be your religion, it could be your wife, it could be drugs, whatever. But when you really love God, He's your number one. He says, yeah. "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." Everything that God has for you begin to be added to you. Yeah. Let's look at Ephesians three. Ephesians. Verse 10, chapter, chapter 3. Two. Chapter 3 or chapter 10? Or chapter 2, verse 10? Yeah, it says, For we are God's own handwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which mm. God predestinated, planned beforehand for us, taking paths. Mm. I like it. You like that? Path. Taking paths. See, taking path, that jumps right off of that, what we were just They're just talking about going the yeah. right, right way. See, yeah. there's a way that seems right to man that leads to destruction. Yeah. But God already have a path for you. Mm -hmm. Everybody want to give you a path, but God already Ooh. ordained a path Ooh. for you. We finish reading that, Chris? And then it says, uh, which he prepared ahead of time. Before you was formed in your mother's womb. That we should walk in them living the good life. Uh, so God already have a good life for you. Why are you trying to work for a good life when God had already ordained you a good life? You just got to believe it. Which he pre-arranged pre and made ready for us to live. See, and it just makes me think of that song that we were talking about last time. I mean, I know it's not a Christian song, but, you know, what was Kanye West and T-Pain really hinting on? Welcome to the good life. The good life. You know, and we have the world telling us what the good life is, but, I mean, if you really get a revelation of... God is, you would really know. <laughs> the good life. Exactly. But it's based on your relationship with God, not based on religion. You know, what I what I see a lot, Chris, is a lot of people have problems with young this young generation because they're not doing it the traditional way. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not doing it the traditional way. Mm -hmm. I've been preaching this same message for, I don't care how long you've been preaching it, but what you have to do is follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know? Begin to tell them who they are in Christ. Begin to give them an identity in Christ. And it begin to, you begin to grow your church when you begin to tell them that who they are in Christ. Yeah. Because it brings a fire and a passion in them. And it also brings a spirit of unity in them. Yeah. I see so many people leaving the body of Christ because we've been preaching the message that we thought was a message of love. When it's been a message of condemnation. Yeah. And it's not our job to preach condemnation. It's our job to preach the message. And the Holy Spirit is convicting them of their sin. And we don't have to do that. Yeah. If we preach a message, it'll draw them to repentance. Yeah. See? But you got to preach the word. You know? Preach the word. Preach yeah. the word. It says, preach the message of the kingdom. You know? The kingdom message. Hey, Jesus took, hey, Jesus died for you. The ultimate thing, you you like you never existed before. That's what I love about God. Yeah. Chris, before before I came to Christ, okay, I was man, I was way out here, right? And then that guy, when I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I became a new creation yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Like I never existed. So all my sins was wiped away. Yeah. And now my identity is in Christ. I love Galatians 2 and 20. Can you read that yeah, one? Galatians we're, gonna to, we're gonna have to close that down, huh? I love the scripture. 
before we close it down, we have to talk about what was the encouragement, encouraging thing that happened let's, to you this week. I will. Well, let's talk about Galatians 2 and 20. I'm talking, about that script. I'm talking about that scripture. I'm talking about that scripture. Close down the scripture. Okay, okay. See, because if you identify with who you are in Christ, there's no limit what you can do. God, this is what I tell people. God, I love three Ps. When you have a true relationship with God, you find your purpose. God has a purpose. Why are you here in this earth? You find your purpose. You find your passion. And then that's where provision is. You don't have to work for provision. You have provision. But you find the provision, because everybody the world tell you, hey, you got to get a job and make a lot of money. I'm not saying don't work. But where your passion, purpose, there's always provision. Passion, purpose, there's always provision. But if you're pursuing money, then you're falling short. Find your purpose. Only way you find your purpose is do your creator. And then you be, and then and then it's like, man, how do I find my purpose? Through my through my creator, then I find my passion. And then where I find my purpose and passion, there's provision for me. If you look in the book, beginning of when Adam and Eve, that's where everything was. Yeah. Before the fall. That's good. So it says, in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. In him I have, been, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer who I who live, right. but the Christ the Messiah lives in me. Lives in me. And the life I now live mm. in the body, I live by faith and by adherence to the reliance and on or reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So he took my life that I can have his life. Yeah. So when I identify with that, I lose my life and I gain new life. We got to stop existing and start living. And yeah. we only find that when we identify with who we are in Christ. Acts 17, 28 said, in him I live and move and have my being. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Because I can't live outside of it. Just like fish can't live outside of water, I can't live outside of God, my creed. Doesn't matter what the storms that's brewing over my life, I still can't live outside of my creed. Because I know he, I can speak to the storm and the storm will be still. Why? Because I have the same Christ in me that spoke to the storm and the storm be still. I don't have to wake him up out of the boat. Everything's subject to the Christ in me. Yeah. As long as I'm subject. Because I love it. I love the centurion. He said, speak the word and my servant will be healed. When was the last time you just spoke the word and seen God do something great in your life? You asking God to do something when he give you power to do. Yeah. You say, speak the word. I give you power. But the, the Galatians 2.20 just reminds me of uh, the third day song that we used to love back in the day where it just says, please take away my life right. when I don't have the strength to give it away to you. Right. You know? Right. And then it, it, that song just always like just hit home with me, you know, just having an understanding of who God really was and what he really truly did for us. Right. You know, because I just, uh, especially like when he gets into... Uh, the verse when he says, "How many times have I went astray?" I went the astray. number is the same right. as the uh, stars in the sky. Right. But every time you've taken me back, and I pray that you would just do this once more. Once more. You know what I'm saying? Once and more. That's what the grace message is. You right. know. And I just want to read that in First Corinthians 15, verse three. It says, "For I passed on to you first of all what I also had received." 
that Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for our sins in accordance with what the scriptures foretold. Mm. That he was buried, that he rose on the third day as the scriptures foretold. See, and that's the grace message. Christ died for you. He was buried and he rose again. And, and you know everything that he did, Chris? He did it for us. Yeah. For my account, your account. So if you're feeling low today, I just want to tell you, man, he already paid the price. He loved you so much, he paid the price. He took your place and he, he did it with your name on it. Yeah. For for your account. It's on your account, so you just gotta make the withdrawal. Yeah. No matter how low you are, you just make a withdrawal from heaven because he loved you that much. And all you gotta do is be, just believe that. No matter what I'm going through, I'm gonna win. I love I love first John. And it said at first John it says this. It says, uh, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Yeah. See, I don't care what the world throw at me, they can throw the best shot at me, but I still overcome the world. Why? By faith. Faith in who? Faith in the word. Faith in God. Faith in the will of God. Faith in the plan of God for your life. You know? So don't ever lose hope. You still win. You born to win. You got a heart of a champion on the inside of you. So you can't win. You can't lose. Beg my pardon. You can't lose with a heart of a champion. Even if you get you take a blow. You take that blow and you keep going. Because you know at the end of the at the end of the day, you still win. Why? Because you got a heart of a champion. A champion never quits. A champion never give up. And you know, Chris, this week was very inspirational. I had a young, you know, the young lady we've been mentoring for the last, I don't know, five years. She came in timid and everything. Now she's like a roaring lion. You know what I mean? God's using her mightily. She got her own business. She's working on her own book. She's getting published, you know. Um, got her own own uh, web page. It's called Thinking Cap. I'm, her name is Claditra Flood. I just throw it out there, man, just to, and you know, and she's doing great things. Yeah. And I always encourage her. I say, no, don't stop here. Just keep on going. I say, it's not about you. It's about the generation after yeah, you. What legacy good. are you going to leave? Because really you got to think about this. We think it's all about us, but it's not about us. It's what legacy we're going to leave behind. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you go, what are they going to say about you? Yeah. I don't want something to be put on a tombstone and say he did great things while he was a, no. I want them to talk about me even when I'm gone, yeah. how God used me. And one thing that I've been doing, Chris, lately, because I look in the Bible and I say, those ordinary men doing extraordinary things in the yeah. kingdom of God. Definitely. So my prayer being, God, you took ordinary men, because I, I, I was like, man, I wish I was born back then, but God said, no, I had you in the anchor generation for such a time as this. Yeah. And I said, okay, Lord, since you have me here for such a time as this, take this ordinary, take this ordinary man and do something extraordinary through me yeah, for good. the kingdom of God. You know, I'm I'm believing God for the greatest revival we ever seen, yeah. and it's going to be men that have a heart to be yielded to God to do great things in the kingdom of God. It's not about their ministry, not about their church, their denomination. It's about the kingdom. Yeah. Really, really blessed me and changed my whole life when I read Acts 26:19, and Paul said, um, "I was obedient to the heavenly vision." Yeah. I, I, he, he said, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. He was talking to King Agrippa. And I say, Lord, I wanted to be said to me that I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision because it's not my vision. Yeah. Even when I pass on, the vision still grows. That's why you have to impart in the young men's life. Because even after you go, the vision, the heavenly vision still expands. So God has anointed us to multiply. 
And some of you need to turn your hearts. I mean, you old, so why not impart in the younger generation? You know, give them wisdom, give them the Lord, pass that anointing on to them and the vision on to them, impart into their life. Be a spiritual father. Let go of your your ministry and, and all about you. It's about the kingdom. And let God let God arise in you. If He called you. Don't be intimidated or jealous or frustrated with these young generation. Impart into them. Give them hope. Let them know that, hey, yeah, I'm imparting you. I'm empowering you. Because true success is not what you do. True success is when you empower other people to be successful. You're not thinking about you as a leader. A true leader won't want those under them to do better than them. So they impart in them. They, they, they just wanted the um, platform. But then to go high. Exactly. You might need a springboard. You know, I used to like the trampoline, Chris. <laughs> that was when I was hey, that was when I was 170 pounds. I got on a trampoline and I would jump on a trampoline. And I would see how high I could jump. And all I'm saying is we need to begin to allow, you know, be that trampoline, be that platform. And that's what God used me for so many years. That's how God used me to be a platform to so many, so many young men and some of them younger than me, some of them older than me. To be that platform for them. And I know my calling. And I know who I am in Christ. And I'm not intimidated. I just don't fit in a box. And everybody, everywhere I've been, they always try to put me in a box. I don't fit in a box. Because I'm too big. I'm too big to fit in a box. You can't even put God in a box. And God's in me. So how can you put me in a box? You can't conform me to your standard. Because I got a higher standard. It's the heavenly vision. It's all expanding the kingdom. What about you this week, Chris? This week, encouraging life. It actually happened last night, Dad. You know, and it was crazy. I was getting off of work, and, uh, you know, I went to catch up with some friends that I haven't seen in a while, you know. And, um, yeah. Good, honey. You good? And, uh, you good? But I, uh, went to, uh, I went and caught up with some friends, you know, I got off of work. And um, and then I uh, I you know having got to see this one particular girl and uh, because like we were always good friends but we were kind of antagonizing each other right and uh, you know she's doing really well and I'm doing well so we got to catch up and it was funny because I'm just telling her about uh, the last time we spoke we were talking about how um, you know what I wanted to do in um, future and. Uh, at that particular time, that moment, I had lost my job, and that was the last time I had talked to her, you know, and uh, so I was just like positive about it, and that was encouraging her, saying that, hey, you know, I'm not worried about the fact that I don't have a job, because right. God will supply all my needs, you know, like it says in Philippians 4.19, and uh, I was like, okay, cool. So I, I sat there and we started to catch up and I was telling her about how, you know, I recently got to speak in TJ and that was an awesome experience, you know, and um, how uh, I also uh, been having a lot more opportunities, you know, to speak at different places and to do a lot more traveling. And, you know, she was very encouraged by it and she was just like, wow, Chris, you know, and this is where she really encouraged me. Um, she told me, she's like, Chris, I've seen the growth that you've had in, this, in these short uh, moments of time. In these in the last couple of months, the growth, that you, the growth that you've had has been crazy, you know, because she's like, and not only is everything that you said coming to pass, but just the way that you walk, you're walking, your lifestyle that you're living now is totally different than 
what we used to see about you. Mm. You know, the mm. things that you, you <clears throat> wanted to spend time doing and the things that you spend time doing now is right. totally different. Right. And it's so crazy because we haven't really been able to sit down and talk, um, but she still is noticing that. Right. So that was really encouraging to me because sometimes, you know, walking this life, you know, and if you're doing it alone, right. per se, right. you know, yeah, you always have family and friends and like that, but I mean, having an intimate partner sometimes right. is, it's right. different when right. you right. don't have that, right. you know? So when you're doing it alone sometimes, it, it you feel like, man, am I doing the right thing? But when other people from the outside start seeing that you are, you know, living a different life, right. and they come and tell you, that's when your life, you know, what you're doing is like, wow, I, this is real, you know? But one of the main things that I told you, you know, uh, was the fact that when you sacrifice your selfish desire, for your passion. All right. That's when the transformation begins. I like that word passion. You know, because passion is a spark that makes everything that is not supposed to be there go away. But the only thing that's going to remain is the foundation. Foundation. But it depends what your foundation is. Because if you have a weak foundation and we blow it up, the whole place is gone. The whole place is gone. But see, if you have a solid foundation and you blow it up, everything that's not supposed to belong is there, but the foundation is still there. Well, well, you know what I love about what you said, Chris? We started just talking about what you said. Yeah. She said everything that you said, right? Everything yeah. that you declared, everything that you decreed. Yeah. You know, God is established. Because the Bible said, if you decree it, he'll establish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, everybody wondered what, what we doing, you know, since yeah. I left. I mean, since I left Word of Life and all that, Chris, everybody wondered what we're doing, man. We out here still preaching the gospel, loving yeah. on people. You know, R.C. Shields ministry, yeah. you know, still growing, still advancing. We're still doing things. We're going around the world, touching lives. Yeah. One one soul at a time. And we have to understand that. It's not about us. It's not about R.C. It's, it's not, you know, R.C. Shields ministry is a, it's a kingdom ministry. Yeah. It's all about the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God. It's not about me. Even after I'm gone, the ministry still goes. Yeah. You see, you got to be at the right place at the right time, Chris. And I love what you said. You said everything that you said. Yeah. You walking it out. Why? Because God had already ordained the path. Yeah. You just only saying what God says about you. That's why Matthew four and four really says what it says, and Luke four and four who says what it says. Man can't live by every by bread alone, physical substance alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. So you know you got to watch. And Proverbs eighteen they say life and death is in the power of your tongue you know and when christians really get a revelation of how much power they have that come out of the out of their tongue man they'll be free yeah you can't be bound there's unlimited resource unlimited potential yeah you know but you got to begin to speak it you got to begin to even in the midst of your storm you got to declare decree it and you it's not based on we trying to perform this thing yeah it's not based on performance it's based on what god says about you and how god sees you yeah well, it just makes me think of Genesis, you know, how he talks about how he created. Right. You know what I mean? Well, first off, even how he created the world. The world right. you know, he said, light be and light was. Light you know what I mean? And that was authority. That's power. That's you know power. what I mean? He didn't say, oh, light be. Light yeah, he wasn't Timmy. He didn't wasn't Mickey Mouse. You know what I'm saying? He we, was we read authority. It. He was, if anything, like, you know how, like, in the read. Bible where it says, like, oh, the uh, Satan, like, is like a roaring lion. Right. So if he was like a roaring lion, just imagine like, how the strength of power of the voice that was going out there to create. And you know what I love about that? You said light be, right? Yeah. So light had to be in him before him to be declared. You yeah. know what I mean? 
before you can declare something, it has to be inside of you. Yeah. So I mean, you gotta understand that. What's that on the inside of you gonna come out of your mouth? So if you empty, <laughs> emptiness gonna come out. Whoa. But if you flow the word of God, I don't care how you're getting pressed, because inside of God it had to be light. Yeah. And light still doing the day. Yeah. We can't even we can't even clock light. Yeah. You see what I mean? Because yeah. light is so infinite. Yeah. Far beyond our imagination. So he had light on the inside of him. So you know, and that's why I love in Matthew, it's it's Matthew chapter 12, verse, it said, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. See, so whatever you have in your heart, your mouth's going to speak. So if you have the word in you, that's why, that's how we really can tell if you truly, by the fruit that come out of your mouth. Yeah. You see, if you truly have a relationship with God. See, because God had light in him and light was. Yeah. And it's still going. Yeah. You see what I mean? Still going. We're enjoying the light today. Definitely. Because God said something was on the inside. So get it on the inside. Get full of it. And then you can release it. Yeah. And then that will give you the authority to whatever you're speaking is going to be created. You see what I'm saying? Because he breathed the light. Or he breathed life into you. So he was saying, hey, the authority that I just used to not only create the world, but to create two and to give you life is what I'm breathing into you. So that means every time you speak, you're breathing life into whatever you're speaking. Right. That's why I say I don't I don't tell, you know, and it's just me, you know. I don't care if they judge me or not. That's why I don't tell people that, you know, hey, you're going to, you, you know, because I was growing up, they used to always talk about sin. The Bible said faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm always preaching sin and talking about your past and who you are, you know what I mean, not where you're going or where you could be, then I'm speaking life to a dead situation. Yeah. So you already did, and you know you did. I gotta come and give you life. Yeah. So my message gotta bring life to you, yeah. not death to you. Oh, you no good sinner. That's how we was raised. You no good sinner. You know, you're going to hell. So when I was little, I thought I was going to hell every day. Yeah. Until I got a revelation of who I was in Christ. And I began to preach a message talking about faith, faith in Christ. And it changed my whole life because I know I'm, I'm saved by grace through faith. So, you know, I stopped preaching on, you know, oh, you're saying you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. They know they're going to hell. Why are you telling them something they already know? Yeah. Give them the good news. The good news, really, if you look up the scripture and what it talks about when it says the good news, it's too good to be true. Give them something too good to be true that'll blow their mind and they're going to want Christ. They're going to want the Jesus you have. But if you always tell them where they are, then what Jesus, what, what are you giving them? You're not giving them no hope. You're building their faith on sin. If we want to stop building our uh, building our churches and people going to sin, they going back out and doing the same thing that they was always doing. And stop preaching the same old dead message you've always been preaching. Yeah. Preach a life-giving message. Tell them, okay, now you know, and the Holy Spirit will convict them, and He'll point them to the way, the truth, and the life. That's our job to preach the good news, not bad news. Yeah. Telling somebody a sinner that they're a sinner is bad news. Yeah, that's not good news. How's that encouraging? Yeah, not good news. You're reminding me. You're just. If anything, you know, the, confirm it's something I already know. Yeah, it's like giving you a mirror and saying, "Hey, you have you have a cut in your in your face, and you know that you had the cut on your face." But then I'm taking the mirror and I'm just showing it to you. Right. So why did I need to get a mirror just to tell you something that you already know? You already, know. You already felt it. Right. You know that makes sense to me. But another thing that you know God has really been bringing to me a lot more this week. It's having fun in this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you have a real encounter with the Holy Spirit, you know, it should take you on a daily adventure. You know, it doesn't matter about, like I was telling you last night, you know, we have obligations that we have to go to, you know, work and school and stuff like that. But at the same time, in that, before you get in those situations and before you start that day, 
you should ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what is the adventure for the day? You know, what, are, what do you want me to do? Okay, I know I have to go to work at this time. I know I have to do that. And I have those obligations to that job. But in between times, or even in that moment at work, who do you want me to speak to? What do you want me to do? You know, and that, that brings fun to us. And I just want to read Ecclesiastes 8.15. That brings fun to it, huh? Yeah. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be, I get up every morning and I say, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, use me today. Yeah. Holy Spirit, use me today. Why? Because I'm, I say, you go before me, Lord. Because he already knows the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So he already knows the day before the day get there. Yeah. What you got to do is give him the day and walk with him through that day. And see the power of God manifest in your life. Yeah. I love the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah and the joy of the Lord is my strength. See, and I love this Ecclesiastes 8.15. It says, Then I commend joint enjoyment, because a man has no better thing under the sun without God than to eat and to drink and to be joyful. Mm. For that will remain with him in his toil through the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun. So, I mean, if you're not having fun, you know, what is holding you back? What are you driven by? Because if you're driven by the Holy Spirit, He didn't come to give you a boring time. He didn't come to give you um, a time of not being able to enjoy, you know, life. You know, I feel like sometimes we, you know, especially with my age group, that a lot of people don't want to, you know, go to church or be a part of this uh, relationship with God because of the fact that they are so scared of having to give things up as a rule. You know, right. they're, they're following oh, the rule. But see, it's not there's not rules. You know what your rules are? But they're not even really rules because when you get an understanding of the lifestyle it's just part of the daily living um, is love people and love God. Those are your, you know what I mean? Those are the rules, but you know, the religious mindset is going to sit there and give you, you know, the focus of, oh, no, no, you still have the Ten Commandments. Mm. See, but like we talked about earlier, the law was fulfilled by love. So mm. in that, the, the law has changed. That's it. You know, love people, love God. That's what we're called to do. Right. Because if, even if you look at the Ten Commandments, it sums it up with one word, love. It sums it all up with one word. That's what Jesus came to fulfill. When he said he came to fulfill the law, hang all this on, hang all this on, on, on the prophet, the law and the prophets. What it was, love, mm -hmm. love, love God, love people. Yeah, that's easy. Love God, love people. Not in yourself. You can't do that. How? And you know what? A lot of people struggle with for, forgiveness. Uh, yeah. You know, forgiving others. But you know what? God forgave you. And you expect God to forgive you, why can't you forgive others? Yeah. And in and of yourself, you can't do that. But you yield to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empower you to forgive. Yeah. When somebody do you wrong, empower you. I love everybody. Every Everybody, everybody, you know, I love them no matter how they treat me and how they act. I still love them. Yeah. Why? Because it's not based on what I do. It's based on the love that God has shown me. Yeah. You know what I mean? For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son that who shall believe him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But where do you get that strength from? You see what I mean? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, not by might, nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You see? It's not in the, it's, in, naturally, it's hard. But we're supposed to be supernatural beings. Yeah. You know, I love John 14 and 12. He said, the works I do, shall you do, and greater works than these, shall you do. We shouldn't even be talking about elementary things. Yeah. We should be doing the works of God, 
of Jesus and greater works. Yeah. Signs and wonders should follow every believer. Yeah. If you truly believe, signs and wonders will follow. You don't have to always run to every conference, every this and every that. I'm following this pastor and that pastor. No, follow Jesus. Mm. And signs and wonders will follow you. Because he said, the same works I do, you will do. And greater works. Yeah. That's a life yielded to the Holy Spirit. I expect every day to get up and do something supernatural. Yeah. God to take this ordinary man and do something extraordinary for me. Yeah. For the kingdom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you want to pray with them today? Yeah, close this out. No, that's on you. You want to pray? Yeah. Let's or do you want to even, you know, we don't know exactly who's watching, who's tuning in. Do you want to lead them in, you know, lead them in Christ? Lead them. And then I'll pray that. You lead them in Christ. And I'll pray. You lead them in Christ. Wow. We don't, we don't see. I know. They see you. They see how you act. So, you know, one of the things that I love about God, man, it's easy. He said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, thou shalt be saved. But with the mouth, man, believe unto righteousness, and confession is made known. I don't, you know, so I'm just saying, if you really believe that Jesus Christ died on, on, his, on the cross for your sin, and he's the Son of God, and God raised him from the dead, just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I'll make you Lord of my life on this day forward, and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Everything. And then the Bible said that you're a new creation now. You're a new creation now. If you believe that in your heart, don't just say it just to be saying it, but I'm asking you to just really, really say it with your mouth and believe it in your heart that he took your place. Amen. Amen. And then let's just keep on praying. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this uh, moment, you know, this coffee time with my dad and my little sister. I pray that, you know, we continue to grow from glory to glory and faith to faith and to trust in you more and more and to walk more in this lifestyle and to allow you to order our steps by your word and that we would understand that our sh we can physically not do anything. But in you, we can do everything, Lord. What is impossible with you? And I thank you for that. And I pray um, that we have traveling mercies as we depart. I pray that we encouraged, you encouraged through us, whoever needed to hear this today, Lord. And not to edify or glorify us, but all for your glory. And um, I thank you that we're the head and not the tail, the love and not the need, the lender and not the borrower. Blessing the city, we're blessing the country, we're blessed going out, blessed going in, and everything our hands touch prosper because we're doing your will and walking your way. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you for this moment and this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Tune in next week for Father and Son.